0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about. Now. No fun, the Jen Kirkman Podcast, episode 399. Holy fucking shit. Jen, what do you have planned for the 400th episode? Nothing. I told you that before. Don't think anything's changed. What do you have planned for me? I just put my windscreen on. I don't want my peas to be plosive. What are you planning for me? What I want? Oh, welcome to August. It is my birthday month. I am an August 28th Virgo. I am also Jen Kirkman, your host, comedian, podcaster, author, writer. Everything. I'm everything. I'm every woman. Listen, y'all. Minute 48. Nope. Second 48. Now second 53, 54 of this podcast. To you anyway to the Patreon subscribers. I already did 45 minutes. I told two stories straight to camera. They get to see me in my home studio. And I told them all about a vacation I went on last week and my antics with falling off something. And I told them about a project having to do with Christmas. That I'm doing that you're going to see Maybe, I don't know where you're going to see it I won't tell you You'll have to join the Patreon for five bucks a month You get that The Patreon episodes are always longer Because the video version is always longer With more exclusive hot goss from my life They are usually delivered three anywhere from three to five days early Sometimes, let's say anywhere from one to five days earlier Than the audio version, and there are no ads. And it's five bucks a month. With that $5 a month, you also get one free audio bonus episode every month, plus a million other random things. And by the way, if you join now, you get the entire backlog, all of the hot gossip and bonuses you missed. Now, all I want for my birthday is everyone to join. I will be 47 years old. Can I just get four? How about 47 new subscribers for August? Do it to it. This is my job right now. And so this is the best way to support me. I do not do the Patreon for my fucking health. Trust me. Um, and if everyone that listens to this podcast joins then I can stop promoting them. You think I like to promote their Patreon every second? I want to just get to it. You know, the podcast used to be, be pre-Patreon, just kind of an ad for my tour dates because that's how I made my living. But now this is my job. The podcast is my main job. And it's supported entirely by the people who pay for the Patreon. The ads do not uh, pay for my salary. They simply pay for some of the technical things like Hosting the podcast, but once the Patreon goes away—if it ever had to—the podcast goes away because I ain't working for free to promote shows I'm not doing. So here you go. I mean, you, you only get you only get one chance to make it right. Actually, you get a chance every every day. You wake up and go, "Should I join the Patreon?" It is for this podcast and my living are fully Patreon supported. You are listening. To this for free on the backs of the Patreon subscribers Now if you're like, Jen, I can't afford it Good, we do it for you But if you're like, I can't afford it I don't feel like it And then you wonder, where do all the funny female comics go That I love so much Well, you don't pay for their work But Jeff Ross, Louis C.K., Brian Callen, Chris D'Elia They're all torn right now All of them credible rape and sexual assault allegations Some of them admitted to it their fans are die hard They make literally Hundreds of thousands a year Off their Patreons and tours Their fans are die hard And I hear it from the female comics all the time Their fans are like Why is this Why is it guys always get it Because you guys don't pay for stuff Their fans do It's really simple all right, let's start the show talking about rapists and comedy again. Listen, if this listen, none of this is my fault. You join the Patreon, I shut up about it. You stop raping everybody up in here. I don't mention it. This is within everybody else's control except for me. So don't blame me. Blame yourselves. As my friend Chris Franjola says, you made these people famous, not me. Maybe not you literally, but... What are you doing to make the good people famous? Eh? Anyway, in case you're new to this podcast, welcome. How is that rant? I have been doing this podcast for, Jesus, Lord, almost eight years, since 2013. If you want to go back and listen to the archives, that is all free and available to you. Go to jenkirkman.com slash podcast or just go to jenkirkman.com and click podcast. And once there, scroll around and there will be a little area telling you, go here for the archives. And the podcast used to be called I Seem Fun. So as you scroll back into the archives, you'll see that that's what it's called. Hopefully that won't confuse you. But I'm a comedian. My two comedy specials, I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living are on Netflix. And no, if you watch them over and over, I do not get paid for it. I made my money on those specials when I filmed them seven and four years ago. Just like you at your job. When you earn something for the year, that money goes away into your bills and other things you spend your money on. So again, the Patreon is the only way to currently support me. I'm also a best-selling author. I know, that's a little bit of a brag. Really, only it was on the Kindle list for five seconds, but that's okay. The reason I'm mentioning this, I have books, I have specials, not to brag, but to tell you this is not some uh, special or book. This is more stream of consciousness. This is more off the top of my head. I'm not going to say it's more honest, but anything can and does happen on the No Fun podcast. This is where you get the real, unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, unput together me. It's just me talking to you. It's like talking to a friend where you say nothing, but you don't want to say anything because you're in a quiet mood that day. Unscripted, sometimes funny, sometimes serious But always honest and real What are we talking about today? I've decided I usually tell some personal stories up front We read some listener emails Usually if there's an article of interest, I'll read it I've decided that August is work month In terms of uh, the articles I'll be reading on these uh, August episodes I have four articles saved They're all sort of about... History of the workplace, returning to the workplace. What is it like? What's this nine to five life? Are we doing it? What's going on? Because I am very fascinated with this, obviously. Uh, You know, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, writing jobs are office jobs. You sit, work usually longer than nine to five, but it's the same basic structure. You've got your office kitchen, you got your gossip, you got your bosses. You got your desks that you're chained to. You got the shared bathrooms. I mean, it's all the same. And I've also worked a million office jobs before uh, becoming a comedian and writer full-time. So, oh, I know all about that office culture. And as I always mention on this podcast, in in the early 2000s, I was part of that dot-com culture. I was always an executive assistant for so many startups that went kaput. And I was always confused. Why am I going to work and working from a laptop at my desk? Aren't we not supposed to be in offices anymore? What what's going on? Oh, yeah, this is going to be the future. No one's going to work in the office. Wow. Cool. I won't have to commute on the subway from Brooklyn to Manhattan every day. Shoved in the hot, hot f train that only comes once every fifteen minutes, and if I miss it, I'm late for work. So I gotta squeeze in there. Oh my god, this guy's boner is up against me. Luckily, I'm wearing a big puffy coat. I don't have to do that anymore. Nope it's it's all happening, and it never fucking happened. It takes a pandemic to make us reevaluate what are we doing in the fucking office as as often as we're there. So we'll talk about that throughout the month because I am fascinated by that topic. Um, on today's show, I'm going to talk about a big, fancy political party I went to. My dad's very angry with me. He thinks I was rude to uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell. I'm going to talk about the mask mandate and just a little bit of a complaint I have where I need the parents to calm down on Twitter. You'll see what I mean. I'm going to piss some people off because you're not going to understand what I'm saying. I'm going to take it personally and you're going to email me and then I'm going to Write you back and go, you're taking it personally And then you're going to go, I'm sorry, I have anxiety I'm going to go, that was my entire point point. And last week, oh my god, last week's episode I talked about stealing a candle from Target technically And I have never had more listener emails Within a 24-hour period on a topic They're still coming in So I'm not going to get to all of them today But the listener emails today Are all exclusively on the topic of Y'all are thieves You all gave me your stories Of how you're thieving out there you're all thieving. Way worse than what I did. Way worse. It's funny. So many people wrote me and they said, I don't think you're a bad person for stealing that candle. I was like, oh, no, I know I'm not. That was the point of the story was that I feel no remorse. The point of the story was I feel entitled to the candle. The question I asked was, is this the beginning of a life of crime or does it just stay here? And nobody answered that question. Instead, people gave me their moral judgments. Some people said, you know, It's not great what you did You know, maybe you could um, volunteer somewhere I'm like, what what are you giving me, community service? What? Does anyone ever, I mean, I always just go Does anyone really listen to this podcast? I mean, you hear it Are you listening? Maybe I can go volunteer somewhere I've volunteered this fucking podcast (laughs) That's my volunteer work Somebody wrote me that they're going to go buy one of those candles So in all honesty, Target owed me that candle So let's begin the podcast. Oh god, what's been going on in my exciting life? Well, as I said in the Patreon version, I talked about my vacation last week and there will be no more vacations for Miss Jen here. The mask mandate, I mean it's been back, but we've got scary, scary news about the Delta variant and I'm I'm just upset. I'm upset at the messaging. I don't want to be one of these people that's criticizing Joe Biden and criticizing the CDC. I trust and believe everyone. I know that we are all figuring this out in real time. And we have a massive problem with. I know what Joe Biden was trying to do when he said. Get vaxxed. Mask comes off. Let's remove the restrictions. Let's get back. I know he was trying to tempt. See, we we cater too much to the anti-vax people. And let's not all blame Trumpers. This is summer Trumpers. A lot is wellness in L.A. The biggest number of people that are causing the surge in California are in Los Angeles and the surrounding cities that make up Los Angeles, like where I live in the Valley and other certain communities. But it's the white rich people. Now, yes, some of them are Trumpy. But some of them are these wellness assholes. You know how I, I was surprised. I made this little video and I put it on Twitter about uh it's a fantasy I have about how to get someone to get the vaccine. And I I tell the story, it's 90 seconds of, you know, you're you're talking to someone and they say they don't want the vaccine because it isn't natural. And then instead of telling them, no, no, it is, you just you don't say anything and you say, uh what if i told you they're working on something that's really natural it's actually just a booster to your immune system and your immune system develops antibodies against covid on its own and they go oh i'd do that and then you go that's what the vaccine is psych bye go get it so but it's a longer possibly funnier thing than i just told you and i put it on twitter and it mostly got ignored but totally fine i put it on instagram Holy shit, and these people follow me. It's not that it went viral somehow and I reached a bunch of wellness creeps. They follow me. I went to each comment that was uh, trying to argue with me. and you know, I just blocked the person and deleted. I don't you're not getting space on my page. You're not getting access to 10,000 views. I couldn't believe how many of these people followed me. I mean, what? it's not a debate you can do what you want. I mean, you shouldn't, but let's just put aside whether you get the vaccine or not. You're not entitled to your own science. Here is the truth. It does not matter how good your quote immune system is in terms of fighting COVID. COVID is its own disease, these spike proteins that your immune system has never seen It has no practice fighting it If you catch COVID And you don't get symptoms Or you don't die You got lucky Because every body is different And everything comes through differently It has nothing to do there, You How about this Let's not even get into the argument Of how strong is your immune system Let's just say this Your immune system without the vaccine Does not have The antibodies that fight the spike proteins It just doesn't It's like saying um, You know I'm really good with my money I have a good savings account But I don't have a million dollars Yeah, but I have a good But you don't have a million No, I know There's nothing wrong with not having a million But I'm just saying like There's It's just a simple fact You don't have those You can have a good immune system Congrats Enjoy your zinc But you do not have the specific thing It takes to fight COVID That's it. It's as simple as that. And the reason you don't have polio is because you got fucking vaccinated for it. We just don't know enough about these vaccines. You don't know enough about them. They've been developing these kind of mRNA things for 10 years. And it's fascinating stuff. It's really fascinating. If you think you're some free thinker who's into science, you should be reading about the mRNA technology that's behind the vaccine which will eventually give us a cure for hiv aids it could even give us as they call it a pan vaccine like an all pandemic vaccine this is a fucking breakthrough and it happened before covid came it was on its way and they did trials beginning in february 2020 it has been tested for a year almost before it came out. You weren't paying attention because you're on fucking Facebook reading memes. Anyway, I I I can't believe these people are my audience. Go away. But anyway, I'm so I'm so angry at the messaging, you guys. I, it's just, you know, it's not anyone's fault. I don't think I could have done a better job, but we were catering to the anti-vaxxers. That, that, that's where I got off on that jaunt is that I know what Biden and the CDC and whoever was advising, let's just say everyone involved, all the grownups were thinking, well, if we do the honor system. I mean, I don't know why they thought that I knew that wasn't going to we knew that wasn't going to work. Nobody who doesn't want the vaccine is going to wear a mask. They don't believe any of it. They don't think it can get to them. They either think it's fake. They think the masks are some kind of fascism. Or they think they've got this amazing immune system. So they don't think they need the vaccine. They certainly don't think they need a mask. The only people masking up are people who are vaccinated and or people who would like to be vaccinated but can't be. Be it immune compromised issues and they just can't get it or kids or people who don't have access. But no one who is willingly choosing not to get the vaccine is wearing a mask. Not one. So this honor system was stupid in the first place. Now, here's the thing. I get that a lot of this happened before the Delta variant came raging through America before we knew How crazy contagious it was We are learning this in real time We have got to calm down with Things keep changing Yeah, honey, it's science It keeps changing We are learning as we go Relax and readjust Okay? Read, relax, readjust Keep your spirits up But here's the problem I believe that they said, okay, everyone who's vaccinated gets to go out without a mask on. And they thought that was actually going to move the anti-vaxxers to be like, well, I better get vaccinated or else I can't go out without a mask on. Oh, wait, yes, I can because it's the honor system. It's just not going to work. You've got to say, I mean, now corporations are doing it. And it's like, you know, this is how we do things now, right? Corporations put their foot down okay, I'm not going to give any more money to the Republican Party. I'm Nike if you guys keep restricting voting rights. Right? Corporations have to lead the way in a way. Money talks. People don't want to lose their jobs. So now they're saying, okay, you have to get vaccinated. Disney, Netflix, you got to get vaccinated if you work here. And then They're not going far enough, then dot, 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 or be subjected to weekly testing. Weekly testing? What the fuck is that going to do? We had daily testing here in L.A. during COVID when things were in production and people were getting COVID because it doesn't matter if you're tested. If you test positive, you've already infected plenty of people on the way to the fucking test and in your life. This is childish. Childish. So now you kind of got to do measures that seem kind of, you know, we haven't seen this before where your company says you have to do this. But we have seen it. But you got to get your shots when you go to other countries. This is absurd. There's healthcare workers that won't get it. Fuck you. What do you do? What? Anyway, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Fire everyone who, who won't get it. The one thing that's driving me crazy, though, is anytime someone... Anytime an epidemiologist or someone who interprets epidemiologists like some kind of professor, anytime they do it the red on Twitter, that's about, oh, well, you know, Delta is more this than we thought. And uh, but don't worry, the breakthrough cases are exactly I mean, here's the good news, guys. It's hard to grasp. It, it's hard for me to grasp that the more people get vaccinated, the more we're going to see numbers of breakthrough cases. Does that make sense? So it's not like, oh, my God, you might as well not get vaccinated or getting a breakthrough case. It's still holding to where I heard it explained really well. This guy, Andy Slavitt, who used to be an advisor to Joe Biden about COVID. He has a great podcast called In the Bubble. Highly recommend. The way he explained it was this. The vaccine was 95% effective, which is technically 100, against the alpha variant, the one that we had here in America when the, once the vaccine was starting to roll out. It does drop in efficacy, once we start talking Delta, about down to anywhere from 88 to 92%. Now, that's still incredible and amazing. But that seven-point dip is not nothing. So you will see breakthrough cases with Delta. None of it is beyond what was predicted. We're not actually seeing, oh, my God, the vaccines aren't working. That's not what we're seeing. And the messaging is not good enough. And I feel like we're doing one thing where we're trying to entice anti-vaxxers, by going, look at what these people get to do. I mean, you get to do it too, just on the honor system. That doesn't work. And then we're trying to scare them. Oh, look, look, it's spreading. It, it, um, it's so bad, even vaccinated people are getting it. Huh? Well, they're not going to get vaccine. They never put the, the correct stats that we always knew there'd be this percentage of breakthrough cases. With the Delta variant Nothing weird is happening The only thing that's happening That might be a little funky Is that now they're saying If you have a viral load of it in your nose And you're vaccinated They used to say it prevents um, Spread in vaccinated people And they even said it prevents infection Which it does for the Alpha variant The Delta You may pass it between vaccinated people But again it's very rare it's just more of a personal choice of like wearing a mask to protect others, but you can really feel safe. Like, yes, people in vaccinated groups, absolutely. Some people have tested positive. But that still doesn't mean the vaccine isn't working. It means there's breakthrough cases. Now, yeah, but again, like, can you pass it between vaxxed and vaxxed? Yeah, that's a kind of a different kind of bummer. But again, it doesn't actually change anything. We're just realizing where the breakthroughs coming from. There's so much statistics on this that's really easy to understand. It's like, as they say, don't go testing the vaccine. Don't go running around taking no precautions besides being vaccinated. But don't live in fear in terms of like, fuck, like don't get like, fuck, My doesn't even work. I mean, mask up and uh, go about your life. Listen, I hate it too. I was getting in the groove without my mask, going to Pilates class, no mask. What a delight! I even remember thinking maybe there's some unvaccinated people in here. I don't care. The vaccine protects me. Well, now I realize that that's it did against the other variant. Now we're talking Delta. It's not the vaccine's fault. It's the fucking assholes that wouldn't get vaccinated. We were screaming it the whole time. The unvaccinated people are where the variants thrive and change and develop. And that's it. There's also weird statistics that the Delta vaccine comes in like crazy and it just disappears. I know I sound like Donald Trump. It just disappeared by April. But it just, it comes, it goes. It's like no rhyme or reason. We we shouldn't use that as like, then I won't get vaccinated. But it's like, these things have their own rhythm. I mean, this is life. This is weird shit. So let's just keep, like, stop saying. I feel like people sound so stupid when they go, well, they keep changing what they're saying. That Yes, you've just defined real-time pandemic science Uh, You know what I mean? It's like flying in an airplane Well, he keeps changing That's right, because the turbulence is a life force of its own And the pilot is figuring out, based on a few things Where there's other planes, he's trying not to hit them Where air traffic control says he can go, or she And uh, trying to figure out the pattern of the air pockets Just because we know there's gonna be turbulence doesn't mean there we won't experience it. We figure it out in real time as we go. You don't go, well, I guess the pilot doesn't know what they're doing. Anyway, I, listen, what can I do? I, what I'm even trying to convince the my whole point is whenever anyone writes a thread. The thread is usually a very pointed and specific thing like, okay, everyone seems worried about the Delta variant because of the messaging, so let me put you at ease. That still, even like one of the threads I read was, wrap your mind around this, the more people that are vaccinated just by nature of there's going to be breakthrough cases, the more people you'll hear about that have COVID that were vaccinated, if that makes any sense. So I'm reading this thread And it's like So again Get vaccinated It's very effective Go about your life Mask up when necessary Now why do you think They're saying mask up? It's implied You motherfucks, That we're masking up For the people Who can't get vaccinated yet The immune compromise And the children under 12 We're doing it to protect The innocent And to protect ourselves Obviously But mask up It protects everybody if the threat is about something specific, there is no time to be like, I know that people under 12 can get vaccinated. These are epidemiologists who are analyzing. This is the simple job of the threat is this. People don't understand why there are breakthrough cases. They think the vaccines aren't working. Let me explain. And then they explain it to calm people down and make people still want to get the vaccine. And every time there's one of these threads that's like, hey, take it easy, guys. It's actually going to be okay. What about my son? He's under 12. You're not talking about the parents because that about you. Wait, it is about you. You get the vaccine and fucking mask up. What about when we'd send our kids to school? I don't know. That's not what the thread's about, though. This is an epidemiologist explaining the New York Times terrible headline. If you want someone to write a thread about how terrible it is, That kids aren't vaccinated and people aren't thinking of them when they refuse to get vaccinated. You write that thread. But this isn't the epidemiologist's opinion column. This is the epidemiologist saying everyone who's vaccinated, who's worried that they're going to get Delta, your odds still aren't that great. I know it seems like they're high, but they're not. But wear a mask. Dot, dot, dot. Implication, if you have any reading comprehension, we wear a mask to protect ourselves and others like we have the whole time. All these parents coming. Mike no, what do you want? A metal parents? Yes, it's hard for you. Your kids are under twelve. They're not vaccinated. You're scared. I get it. Stop jumping into Twitter threads. We see you. We know you're here. We want your children vaccinated. I I am furious. I listened to a podcast the other day that it's just all politics inside the FDA. They're, they they have um, the vaccine can pretty much be approved right now, but they're they're for some reason caught up in like, well, that wasn't in the queue of things we have to approve. And they won't like push it through, even though it's like some dumb thing. And God, I want your kids to get vaccinated before fucking fall and winter and cold and flu season and being indoors in school. Oh my God, of course. I want everyone vaccinated this second. I want you to give birth and I want them to vaccinate your baby when its head is just sticking out of the birth canal. I want that for you and me. I hate being, I now look at children as like super spreaders. And I mean, listen, children have always been little germ carriers, right? But I, I don't want to look at kids that way. Listen, we know, I'm just saying, it freaks me out when I see parents jumping into threads that aren't about what they're worried about and going, what about this? If you feel so unseen, you've got to join a support group. You've got to go somewhere else. If that's how you're handling your anxiety, I'll worry about your kids, Take it from someone who grew up with anxiety, who watched adults not be able to control their anxiety. And I learned it from them. I even absorbed it psychically. If you are on Twitter yelling at epidemiologists because they are not writing about children when there's no new information about children. Yes, they're very vulnerable to it. They can't get vaccinated yet. It's not approved. This threat is about People who can get vaccinated, who are nervous, it's not working. We have no reason to bring up your children. We're wearing masks for them. People who are anti-vax, they're never putting on a mask for your children. And I get that that makes you anxious. It would make me anxious too. It makes me anxious again for myself. But when you're getting to the point, you can't go, and then this other thing, and then this other thing. I know that as a comedian, if I'm getting to the point about a joke, I go, that woman's a piece of shit. I don't go, "Uh, and you know, she might have been having a bad day because, you know, we're all human. No, it's not funny if I go, and then, and maybe, and this, and that, and who, and huh. Sometimes you're just not the conversation we're having. Try to wrap your mind around it. Oh, I know I'm going to annoy parents. You don't understand the anxiety. Listen, if you feel the need to write me, listen to it again. Just listen to it again. God, my new podcast, Anxiety Bites, can't come out fast enough. It's coming out October 6th on iHeartRadio. Everyone's just, listen, every week is a different kind of theme, whether I'm interviewing a meditation expert or a neurologist or an artist of some sort. But every message is the same. It doesn't even matter where or why you have anxiety. The fixes are pretty much all the same. But sometimes people have to hear their story before they feel these fixes could work for them, right? So all we're all kind of running around in our little narcissistic bubbles. Well, I don't have it as bad as that person. I mean, that person doesn't have it as bad as me Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Anyway. So let's talk about... God, I went on and on with that. That was not fun, was it? I got, You gotta join the Patreon. I mean, that's where the fun is. So I go to this... Uh, party now congressman eric swalwell california congressman he is a friend of mine not to brag uh we met a couple years ago he's really um accessible in some ways uh to his california constituents and he loves comedy loves comedians and I think he might fancy himself a little bit of a comedian. I actually want to interview him on this podcast. I don't, I don't know if he would come on. I know we don't normally do political interviews, but now he's been a target of the uh, Trumpy people. And, you know, you've heard all the rumors. Oh, you got... The, he had an affair with a Chinese spy. He did not. There was a woman sent to him. There's a, this, this is the world of politics, guys. If you're as up on things as me, you read these things and you're not surprised. There, there was, remember that redheaded woman that worked for the NRA and she also had ties to Russia? She was this gun advocate, in quotes, you know, hot little sexy redhead woman that was going around and sleeping with old men in the GOP. And not once did they go, I wonder why this sexy redhead NRA advocate wants to have sex with me like that's that's the the mindset of an old white man republican maria 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 boutina the accused russian spy who tried to sway us politics through the nra oh i'm looking at a picture of i don't know if that's sexy, but you know i'm saying she got arrested right years ago on charges of conspiracy this is 2018 and acting as an agent of a foreign government And she and uh, a bank official, Alexander Torshin, they spent years cozying up to the NRA. They hosted NRA bigwigs over in Moscow. They had NRA guys from America go to Moscow and they hosted stuff for them. Butina was a conspicuous fixture on the conservative conference circuit. If you There's pictures of her with like every single conservative guy. They allege she was carrying out a plan to influence American politics on behalf of Tortion from the Russian government. They say they wanted her to influence the Republican Party to be friendlier to Russia by way of the NRA. But she didn't inform the US government that she was acting as a foreign agent on American soil, which is illegal. It's a FARA violation, as they call it. But yes, she did have affairs, allegedly with some people. So This stuff is as old as fucking time So a suspected Chinese spy Was targeting California politicians She was an intelligence operative That was uh, a political intelligence operation Run by China's main civilian spy agency Between 2011 and 2015 It matters because this particular operation offers a rare window in how Beijing has tried to gain influence and access to U.S. political circles. This suspected operator's activities appear to have ended during the Obama administration. But the woman at the center of the operation, uh, a Chinese national named Fang Fang or Christine Fang, she targeted up-and-coming local politicians in the Bay Area who had potential... To make it big on the national stage. Through fundraising, networking, personal charisma, romantic relationships with at least two Midwestern mayors, not Irk Swalwell, Fang was able to gain proximity to political power. So she targeted Swalwell in 2014 by fundraising for his 2014 reelection campaign. His office was directly aware. Of these activities on his behalf And what Fang did was She got one intern placed in Swalwell's office To spy Basically what happened is Swalwell knew what the fuck was going on Long ago Like eight years ago provided information about fang he hasn't seen her in six years to the fbi he cut off all ties with it was just like a political like fundraising thing it's like not they're acting like he's banging a chinese spy like no eight years ago a spy was sent to infiltrate young up-and-comers she managed to get an intern in his office he's like i'm not stupid he alerted the FBI. That's what you're supposed to do. And it's, I think it's all still under investigation, like what she was doing and blah, blah. It's not, but you know, the right wing turned into some crazy story. And gee, I wonder why they did that because he was on the committees to impeach Donald Trump. He was on the Russia investigation committee. Gee, I wonder why they care about him. Anyway, so I, uh, Knew him for a couple years I knew he was Running for president Before it was public That's right I'm on the inside people I went to this event uh, In California In uh, Los Angeles He was just kind of Taking the temperature He was talking to Voters and uh, You know it was a little bit Of a re-election bid For his um, Congressional seat But I was like Are you running for president like he's going to tell me, yes, Jen Kirkman, comedian, I am. But it was a fun event. Um, But we kind of knew he was going to put his f- foot in the ring. And I said, if you run, let me tell you something. You got to watch out. You can't be talking about this. Uh, I want to work with the left. I want to work with the right. You got because I say, I know you want to engage young people. But let me tell you something. Young people. They don't like he's got this, you know, he's younger than me, but he's got this old school mentality of like when he first went to Congress, it was like Republicans, Democrats had drinks together and they worked it out. I get that. I love all those stories, but we're not there anymore. You know, and I was like, dude, you got going to watch out for these young voters that Bernie's influencing because they are not interested in what you're trying to do. And. Uh, you're going to lose them. And He was like, I think I can work. the. Uh, uh, let me be your political strategist. But I remember at this event years ago, um, people were asking questions and I, I that was my question. I was like, how do you plan to influence this younger generation that are just getting into politics who actually don't care how politics works? And anytime anyone explains to them, you know, the basics, this is how a bill gets made into a law. You know, they think you sound like an old fuddy duddy and, and the the extreme uh, and, and not I'm not going to say extreme left, but the a lot of people new to the left think it's all done through rallies and yelling. The same way that manga people think. And he was kind of like, I don't think it's an issue. I mean, he didn't say it in a stupid way. I don't think it's an issue. But anyway, he's like, oh, Jen Kirkman has a question. Guys, Jen Kirkman, real funny comedian. Um, check out her Twitter is the best. And I said to him after, I go, I think you're running for president. If you are, you should not mention my Twitter. You need to distance yourself <laughs> from my Twitter. I honestly, I was like, I'm an insane person on Twitter. Never. That's fine. You sit it to a room of like 100 people in a, in a rich person's living room, but you cannot talk about my Twitter ever again. I mean, he, I mean, he was laughing. He was funny. So, you know, and him and his wife love the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and they're friends with like other comedy people. So he's a good guy. You know, listen. From what I know, he's a good guy. And uh, I really respect the sense of humor he uses on Twitter to engage with, you know, Ted Cruz and all those assholes at their own game. um, And, you know, we would keep in touch. Like, he's just a cool dude. And so then, uh, it's been a while. I hadn't really chatted to him in a while. And then he came out with a book about the Donald Trump impeachment. I didn't even realize he had. It came out last year. And then he rewrote the paperback version because it then was impeachments. And in this version, he talks about both impeachments and all this. So there was a little book party event um, about a month ago that I was technically in quotes, you call it a host of, but it was basically like, you know, him and his people reached out to me like, hey, we're doing this event at the same house that, you know, we did years ago. Um, It's just for my book. And, you know, people can ask questions about like, you know, how do we how do we get motivated for 2022 midterms and all this and i said great and he said i can put you on the invite as one of the hosts it just means you i basically had the power to invite people so it was like you know you invite it's like people he knew well were allowed to invite people so it's like a nice group of um you know kind of vetted people in that sense like it is so interesting though that a congressman can who is you know i mean they hacked his phone they're they're he can just kind of wander freely in someone's house and like there's no security. He's not wearing a, a body vest. I mean, it's weird. I would be freaked the fuck out at all times. Um anyway, so it was a great event and and people were asking questions. And uh, Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC was there. Now, I'm not a actually I don't watch cable news. I'm just a podcast listener for politics. Um, I don't really love MSNBC, but I do like Lawrence O'Donnell because he's from Boston. And I like when he gets upset, he his accent comes out, so I went over and introduced myself, um, not not introduce myself in the sense that he should have any fucking idea who I am. I said, but but anyone there, you're like, oh, they know Eric somehow. But I was like, hey, I'm a, you know, writer and I love your show. I like, you know, I don't listen from what I've seen. It's fine. But I was like, I like when your accent comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm from Boston. And then we started talking in our Boston accents. And I'm like, I'm with Lawrence O'Donnell as my mother, Larry O'Donnell. I, I see him all, ever since you told me that story. I see his name everywhere. You know, my parents are the least political, political people. Like, my mom is apolitical now. She's like, I don't even... I I don't want to give my mom's politics away. Does it make sense? Because it's her business. And she was always very secretive about who she voted for. That's just a thing from their generation. And my dad's, you know, fallen for Fox News, unfortunately. But it's like i don't have those kind of parents that are calling me up yelling about politics i don't have those kind of parents that are like into guns thank god or anti-vaxxers or anti-maskers no 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 like there's not at all um they're just more like just overwhelmed they don't know what to think they don't trust anything everyone's the same and i'm like that's not true you know some people are actually russian agents and others aren't and uh but even if my parents hate someone, if they're nice to me, they're like, that is, they are wonderful. You know, like my mom hates Bill Clinton. But if Bill called me up was like, hey, I love your comedy. And she'd be like, he is, this is great. You know what I mean? They're, so, uh, which is nice. It's very sweet. So anyway, talking to Lawrence O'Donnell, he's like, oh, I'm from, Do- is he from Dorchester? No, he's from somewhere else. I forget. Charleston. I don't know. It was just great. He's like, when I grew up, the bad parts of town, that's where the bank robbers were. You know, basically what the plot of the movie The Town is. Oh, that Ben Affleck movie, which if you haven't seen it, you know, it's fun. It's actually true. Like, there there was this surge of just, just the mob and bank robbers. Fucking Boston is corrupt as shit. Anyway, so my point is, but people were asking questions and it was just, it was just nice. You know, I brought Sarah Kelowna and my friend Justin Root and... The three of us were sitting there. And we're just, you know, kind of like snooping around this wealthy woman's house who had the event and enjoying the free wine and the appetizers and the cheese plates. And but people were asking Congressman Swalwell things like, hey, what's up with the Democrats messaging about everything? Like, you know, what's going to happen? Why is Merrick Garland not like indicting Trump? What is happening? And you know, they weren't like yelling with pitchforks, but they were like, we're frustrated. And he's like, I get it. Here's some answers. Here's how you can message. Like he had legit answers, you know? um. And I think Sarah said to me, how different is this than like footage we see of like Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle at an event just screaming and no one here has a machine gun you know, hanging from their body like a yoga mat in a bag and, you know, we're, we're vaccinated and we're outdoors and people that are going inside are putting their masks on. I mean, it was like just rational people behaving rationally, whether you like what they're talking about or not. I, But it was just like, it was nice to see in real life. But anyway, my whole point of the story um, is that I went to chat with my dear friend. And I've said to Eric, I go, um, you know, we're talking about his book and what's going on in his life and the, you know. wife's had a baby and blah, blah. And he's asking me about Miss Maisel, blah, blah. And I go. Uh, can I uh, can I ask you to make a video for my dad? He's like, of course. He was so into it. So I. I said just tell my dad you're not a Russian agent and he was laughing so we did this quick video where he's like what's your dad's name I go Ron he goes Ron the answer to the question am I a Russian agent is nyet and he made that up on the spot I was like very funny good for you nyet is no in Russian so my parents don't have iPhones and I couldn't figure out how to get the video to them I mean I could do it on a Dropbox I was like well forget I'm not even gonna send the video I'll just tell them the story My dad was like, I don't get that joke. He didn't get the word yet. I think this were like, you know, you call him after a certain hour of the night. It's kind of out of it. My mom was like, that is clever. And uh, she goes, you know, I don't believe that spy thing anymore. I think he wouldn't be that stupid. I go, well, listen, I think, so now she's all turned around. You know, my dad, did you tell him I, hang on a minute, Jennifer, what you did was very rude. I go, what? He goes, you can't treat a congressman that way. I go, what way? So familiar. I go, he's my friend. He's a congressman. You don't go up to him and say, tell my dad you're not a Russian agent. I go, He loves his parents are Republicans. They watch Fox News. He loves Fox News parents. Like he, he knows how to get through them. And he's like, I don't think he's a Russian agent. I go, I not say he thinks you are. I just you know I go, Dad. Admit you didn't love the Russia hearings. I, I know he held his tongue, but I know my dad probably thinks I don't know what he thinks anymore. It's best that I don't know. But he's like, it's very rude what you asked. Him. I go, oh, and he goes, you apologize to Mr. Swalwell for me. I go for you. He goes well on behalf of you, like basically apologize to him that my daughter's so fucking rude. I was like, maybe my dad's right. Was that rude? So I texted him, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like in trouble with my dad. I'm grounded. He's like, oh, I like the gallows humor. He's like, it was, did he like the video? I'm like, uh, oh, he didn't really get it, but. I go, I think there's a world where you could win my parents over. Not that they're voting in California, but. You know, my dad said, anytime if you want to play golf on his golf course. And there you go. But it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm lucky at the end of the day that my parents have this bizarre old school respect for masks, doctors, vaccines, and even the halls of Congress, you know? Like, the fact that my dad was like, what? Like, oh my God. Like, because in real life, if he met this guy, he would be so nice to him. And, and it wouldn't be a phony thing. It just... All of this bullshit goes away when you put things in front of my parents. When you put any issue they think they have an opinion on actually in front of my parents, everything kind of seems to go away. And like their real selves emerge. And so that's why I think it's just so important to keep engaging with people. I mean, that's sort of why I made that video in a weird way was like, now if he sees him on TV and Tucker Carlson's going after him, like he's in, maybe there's some percentage in my dad's head that's like, well, that's a guy that's nice to my daughter and was nice to me. And you know what I mean? Like, it's those little things. that just like, we dehumanize people so quickly. Um, And it's frustrating when, you know, there's some people we've lost, right? Some people are just cruel. They love the cruelty. They love the cruelty that Donald Trump brought out in this country. And then there's some people who just aren't cruel, but they're not standing up against it. But you're like, I know you know better. But you still want to deal with it and think about it. So, I don't know. But I might, I would like to ask him to come on the podcast because I would like to talk about, you know, I'm really worried about the 2022 election. I do think it is, it's not even my opinion, it's actually true if the Democrats don't hold. Um, and, and this is again, I'm not talking about old school Republicans who want small government. And I'm talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates. I'm talking about people that literally are inciting insurrections and causing violence and harm and anti-vaccine rhetoric. I, we need these people out. And if they take over, they'll throw the rule of law right out the window. Our democracy It's hanging by a thread and 2022 is the first step was the deep breath of 2020. But 2022 is just as important. It's the, there's no point in 2020 if we lose 2022, we've got to keep winning the next few years until these people are weeded out. So I want to engage people to not just vote, um, Obviously, you're going to vote however you're going to vote. But if you're one of my listeners who's a Democratic voter and you do your part by voting, uh, I don't know. I think there will be some political talk over the next year where it's like, what can you do to get others? And you don't, again, you don't need a big influence. It's, it's really, it's the old, remember the shampoo commercial? I told one friend and they told two friends. It was for Prell, I think was the name of it. I mean, it's so weird to me that the media thinks they have nothing exciting to write about. It's like, you know, post Trump. It's like, uh, the democracy is hanging by a thread. Um, is that not exciting enough for you people? Oh, Fabergé Organics shampoo. Heather Locklear. I don't know if that comes out on the audio, so I'm I'm going to stop playing it. Anyway, well, I didn't mean... This is like political corner here. Masks, Congress people. I don't, I'm probably losing listeners. But if you want to hear about me vacationing, looking at yachts, going on a paddleboard, and... A, Updates on Hallmark Christmas movies You you get that Patreon You get a 45 minutes of more fun stuff But let's get on to the last part of the show I was going to read an article on the workplace Let's do that And then we'll end with how you're all a bunch of thieves So this article just came out in Forbes um, Working 9 to 5 is antiquated This is written by someone named Jack Kelly Who's a senior contributor I know nothing else about this man Uh, I don't even know my opinion I mean Again, as I said, writers' jobs Do kind of work on this We kind of have to-ish Like, it's fine with me Because I don't work 52 weeks a year anyway You know Um, We work all kinds of weird I- I've just never had normal hours So I can't really weigh in I think it's like whatever's best for everyone But, um so he writes, uh, nothing gives you better clarity than a near-death experience. It awakens you to the frailty of life and the importance of living with purpose and meaning. The pandemic has been that wake-up call. It's shaken us out of our complacency. We have started seriously looking into the way we lead our lives. Many of us have decided that our jobs were dead ends and quit in the, quote, great resignation wave. Now, folks, I do understand that people, um, like working in a warehouse or working in other things, like you can't just go, I'm going to work from home. So, I guess this is more about people who do work in that standard kind of office environment. Um, This mass exodus shows that people no longer want to waste their lives doing work they don't like and will search for better opportunities that offer growth in a future. Now, again, I don't know. I literally have no data on if this is just something that like people with some savings did who are a little more privileged, did people who were just like, fuck it, I don't have any money, I can't take anymore. I don't know. So uh, apologies in advance if this seems like just kind of a rarefied air kind of article, but I'm still very interested in it. Uh, The new mindset has also shifted to other areas of our work lives. The standard nine to five work week is now up for change. Now I keep hearing that, but is it happening? Does anyone, anyone out there, are you seeing this in your nine to five life? I've only seen it in mine because in writer's rooms, we weren't allowed to gather. So we had to work remotely, but it didn't change the hours, but we work weird hours. Anyway, we work like Eight to eight, you know. Um, corporations such as Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google saw record profits. The stock market all time highs. Studies show that employees worked longer hours, way into the night and during weekends. Their productivity was, without question, phenomenal. So we don't do that. We don't want to do that either. Since remote work has shown that it is beneficial for both workers and management. It makes sense to see what other standardly accepted practices need to be adjusted. Why is it necessary to work from nine to five, five days a week in a sterile cubicle farm with harsh fluorescent lights, little access to window views, sitting in uncomfortable chairs, poor ventilation, and it's either too hot or too cold? Well, that's because men been running the world. Well, one of the articles I'm going to read next week is about that. I mean, isn't there a world where we could make work more like home? I remember during the dot com thing, it was like, Oh, my God, we're totally making work fun. Here's a ping pong table. And there's a a little mini fridge with beers in it. Everyone can have a beer at the end of the day and play ping pong. And there's, you know, beanbag chairs. And I back then I was like, Groomed into thinking that's so cool. But I never got to partake in that as the assistant I mean, I couldn't just open a beer My boss needed me to be on the phone talking to people and answering emails and you know It was like the sales guys could like make a sale and then they're done for the day But they're hanging around the office because I don't know they want to where else are they going? And so they're playing ping pong and drinking beers and getting loud. And I'm like, hello, can I speak to um, chief financial officer of Google, Adam uh, Smith? Hi, I'm calling on behalf of my boss. And you're just hearing in the background like, ping, 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 ping. Hey, not a, not a and it's like, it sounds like I'm calling from a frat party, which reflects actually badly on me and the company. And I was like, it didn't dawn on me until 30 years later, as I'm sitting here, 20 years later, I'm like, hey, who the fuck was that culture for? Certainly not the underlings. You know? Like, that's where Gen X fucked up. Like, let's make it like a party. Well, let's make it like somewhere comfortable you'd really want to fucking work. Anyway, so back to the article. To reach your job, you're first you're forced to combat long tedious commutes, blah blah. We get this. By the time you get home, you're exhausted. Little energy left, dinner, TV, time to go to sleep, prepare for the hamster wheel of tomorrow. In nineteen twenty six, Henry Ford, founder of the Ford Motor Company also a Nazi sympathizer, that's me adding that in, um, started the concept of a five-day, 40-hour work week for assembly line workers down from much longer hours. The nine-to-five workday was created to serve the needs of business titans who ran manufacturing plants that relied upon lots of people standing on assembly lines, right? This was kind of a workers' rights issue at first. Um, A century later, times had dramatically changed. Back in the day, a worker was judged by how many widgets were made during his shift. They were basically human robots, pretty mind-numbing. It's different now, but we're tethered to a desk in an office setting rather than standing at a conveyor belt, of course, except for people who stand at conve- conveyor belts. I'm adding that in. Wouldn't it be me- more humane to offer schedules that fit employees' needs and wants? In the past, we didn't possess the technologies that easily connect people so that there was more of a need to herd everyone together in one place. Right. So we, we get it. We have the technology for this. In the 1940s, it was rare to have two working parents. Now it's commonplace. Now, this is my theory. Now, they always say, imagine if men could have babies. Would abortion be an issue? No. See, now that men are being relied on for home and child care, they're like, wait a minute, this 40-hour work week, the way we're doing it with the commuting and the rush hour and being stuck in the office, this is bullshit. It's like, it's always been bullshit. But that's because you had someone at home to do everything else for you. Now you realize it's bullshit, and women have been saying that since they've been in the workforce because they still have to do all the other shit. No one was listening, so now, so but listen, if it takes men to get it done, if it takes men to start being like, I hate this, that's fine. But let the women restyle how office life goes, don't you think, guys? Come on, you don't know what you're fucking doing. (laughs) Anyway. This guy says instead of the uh, nine to five, it would make more sense for companies to ask their employees what type of schedules would work best for them. Some may select to start the day later and stay a few extra hours if needed. Otherwise, you could come in early, leave around three or four, maybe take a couple of half days to help you recharge to do your best work. A four-day work week could do wonders for a person's mental health. The eight-hour days in just eight hours. Okay, we do all this. It's been proven people work best when they have control over their schedules. They are happier and can organize their days around their biorhythms, chores, home responsibilities, and hobbies. I'm feeling that as a podcaster. The change in 9 to 5 will eventually happen. Gen Z and millennials will watch their parents burn out. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess Gen X tried, but we didn't get all the way there. Being stuck inside of an office for hours feels antiquated and barbaric to younger workers. They want flexibility and control over their lives. Eventually, the baby boomers who've done the 9 to 5 grind for over 30 years and are so used to the toxicity will retire. Again, no mention of Gen X, an entire 15-year span of people not not mentioned in the article. So I'm going to stop reading this because of Gen X erasure, and I'm scrolling through and I don't see the word in there anywhere. So anyway, I'm just curious because I'm nosy. Send me an email, Iseemfun at gmail.com, and tell me, has your kind of office life changed since the pandemic? What is your dream hours? Like, would it change week to week? What what hours work best for you? What's, I like to hear. I, I'm an anthropologist. I like to study you guys. You guys are my little um, windows to the world. Okay. Let's end the show on this. Y'all are thieves. Last week, I talked about accidentally stealing a candle from Target. If you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen. it. I didn't go into a Target and take a candle. I got a delivery of eight candles from Target. Seven were broken. I was cutting myself. The whole thing was a shit show. They didn't pack it properly. And I called to ask for a refund. And they said, were all of them damaged? And I said, yes, but one wasn't. So I stole one candle because I got a refund on all eight. Anyway, so Jen, Target employee here, fan and longtime listener. I'm a graphic designer for Target for the past year and a half. Having corporate being based in Minneapolis, the whole company has been through it the past year. With George Floyd, the riots, we had two Minneapolis stores looted as well as our corporate headquarters. We just started slowly going back into the office. I've been working from home since I started. So it was the first time for me being in the office and they are an awesome company. And I assure you, They are more than happy to give you a candle. Oh, at first when I read this, I thought she was going to be like, we've been through enough in Minneapolis without you stealing candles. They have made a killing throughout COVID. The cafeteria is free all day, so I essentially get breakfast, lunch, and dinner on their dime. In peak COVID panic, I've forgotten my card twice at the store and got waved by with a wink. That's pretty much the attitude of the company right now. Light that candle up, girl. Then she sent me a follow-up email the next day. Listening to the end of the segment... I haven't told anybody this, but I have started stealing chapstick from Whole Foods. (laughs) A few months ago, I grabbed a chapstick from the chapstick aisle and my muscle memory put it in my pocket. Once I got to my car, I realized that I didn't pay for it. Since then, I grab a chapstick every time that I'm checking out and I put it in my pocket. I figure that if somebody catches me, I can say, so sorry, honest mistake. It is quite the thrill. I've chapstick stocked up for two years. I have withheld her name. I mean, you should see the stack of emails. This is from Jeff. Jen, I think just about everybody has a story about getting something sent to them that is damaged or wrong in some way or another. Something similar happened to me a few months ago. I pre-ordered a merch bundle from a band I support, was delayed twice for unknown reasons, probably COVID. And the day before it did arrive, I got another email saying they forgot to include a couple items in the package. And that they'd already sent out another full bundle. They asked that I immediately return the original bundle. But of course I didn't. I wanted to make sure they didn't screw up again. When the correct items did arrive and everything was included, I didn't return anything to them. And I don't know if this is good or not, but I felt absolutely zero guilt about it, Jeff. I don't know. It depends on, I guess, how indie the band is. Like, But at the same time, like I'm a pretty indie thing here. Like, I don't... I mean... the. The merch company that I work with, T Public, is a, cor- you know, big corporation. I don't have the actual merchandise here in my home, but they're pretty good. If they screw up, I think um, they fix it. But I don't know. I guess if I was running my own little thing, I'd be like, you know what? If I screwed up something, like just take both. I don't fucking know. Give one to a friend. I just couldn't be bothered. You know? Hey, by the way, um, merchandise. People, if you want to buy fun merchandise The logo of this show, no fun You want something that says feminist as fuck Rich bitch, over 40 I meditated today, motherfucker Girls will be girls, women are literally humans I'm just a soul trapped in the body I'm fun, I'm not fun, I hate fun, I seem fun Go to JenKirkman.com and click shop Or just check the link in the show notes And you can buy merchandise for me We've got tanks and totes and teas And travel mugs and regular mugs And fun notebooks and all kinds of stuff. And a portion of the proceeds goes to food banks all over America. In uh, July and August, I'll be sending that portion to the Port, uh, the Oregon Greater Food Bank. So there you go. Uh, Jen, thieving. Last year, I ordered a machinist's square, a tool for showing a perfect 90 degrees. Uh, And I received the item a couple of days later. Then I got an email saying that the shipment had been returned because the package was damaged. I thought, well, that's odd since I received it, opened it, and everything's fine. The email continued with an apology and a full refund. I said nothing. Since this was from the internet place we all go to for everything, I figured it was probably not worth the hassle of informing them of the error and tracking down the damage box and figuring that whole mess out. Sometimes it's easier for everyone to just let these things go. By the way, if I were a manager and a customer returned a shipment due to breakage from poor packaging, I would give them a full refund, even if one candle was intact. I just feel like that's the diplomatic customer service way of things. Cheers, Dave. I agree. I just think these young people these days, they don't know about that stuff. I'm telling you, I know you going to get mad at me, you old fuck. I, 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 I think Gen X is the last generation that gave good customer service. Argue amongst yourselves. I don't want to hear about it. Jen, crime stores, and free things. That's I actually titled it that. I absolutely adore you and your podcast and how you see the world in general. I love your hardened criminal podcast about the stolen candles. Get candle, Jen, lady, lady. Uh, Just one candle And I too have a confession I purchased some storage boxes from Target Online And did the pickup at the store option While they bring it to you in your car A few days later I received email reminders To pick up the purchase After so many reminders They will refund the purchase when it's not picked up I did not call or reach out to the store To tell them what was going on After hearing your story I realized that it is probably A sense of entitlement of deserving The free storage boxes Because they messed up To make it worse, this has happened two separate times with another clothing store. I ordered items online and picked up at the store. The first time, I received the email of items waiting to be picked up when I already had. I did go to the store and I told an associate. Said associate checked their system and it confirmed that I had, in fact, picked up the items. I still received the email that items will be refunded. Due to not picking them up at the store I did the right thing and I was rewarded The second time I did the online purchase to pick up in store I said nothing when I received again an email of them being refunded The target incident happened to be the third time that this has happened to me I do feel a little guilt, but I admit that the guilt level decreases each time Does this make me a hardened criminal or someone who is taking all that is gladly handed to her? Yours truly, Chelsea Listen. Yet, don't block the. If the universe is trying to send you things, don't block it. Say that's telling the universe I don't deserve it. That's a workaround you can use. Hi, Jen. You can say my first name. I 100% back you, getting that refund from Target, and would like to make my own confession. Not that I feel any remorse. A few weeks ago, I spent a whole day shopping for new clothes because I hate shopping for clothes and had to put it off. But also, I'd put on a few kgs, and I was already overweight kilograms. You can imagine how ugh I was feeling. The last stop was Target. In Australia, it's a different company, same name. And I had heaps of bags and a few things in my arms, and I dropped everything. A few young workers went past and never noticed me struggling. Told you guys, young people are bad at customer service. I'd been listening to your podcast and others hosted by women that day, and the recurring theme had been around middle-aged women being invisible, especially Unfuckable women. And I had one of those snaps and I decided, fuck it. Today is the day I shoplift for the first time. I checked out one pair of jeans and one jumper, but I folded the t shirt in with the jeans and never paid for it. As I suspected, no one at the checkout area gave me a second glance and off I went, absolutely certain. That's perfectly fine to use one's invisibility to one's advantage every now and then Michelle. Wow, Michelle didn't even like put the t-shirt in her purse. She just hid it in the jeans and the cashier didn't notice. Just saying. I blame the cashier. Jen, just wanted to let you know that on multiple occasions, I have accidentally walked out of a grocery store without paying for items. I usually do self-checkout and once in a while, the items in the bottom section of the shopping cart don't get scanned because I forget they're there. Ah, that never happened at Jen Kirkman's checkout line from 1988 to 1992 at Roach Brothers in Needham. The realization that I'm walking out of a store with stolen merchandise always dawns on me before I leave the parking lot. Sometimes it happens as I'm walking away from the checkout station towards the exit. I've never gone back and paid for the items. What's done is done. I buy most of my food there week after week, year after year, so once a free 12-pack of LaCroix every so often? On a similar note, maybe this is common knowledge to everyone but me, but I found there's a good chance Amazon will accept returns for items that have passed the return window. I was able to return a special cat food dish that is supposed to slow down eating. I explained over chat that I thought my cat would eventually learn to use it, but alas, he's too dumb or unwilling to figure it out so I had no reason to keep it. All true. Account credit $14.99. Thanks for being you And all that you do Rachel Rachel that's up to them If they want to accept it Outside the window But the LaCroix stealing Pure criminal behavior Jen my name is Haley And I wanted to share That one time I ordered a pair Of Birkenstocks And a bikini From American Eagle And my order was taking An unusually long time To arrive This was back in 2011 And I can't remember Why it wouldn't occur to me To check my order status But maybe we didn't Have that back then I can't remember Anyway I called American Eagle and said, I never received my package after a very long time. And they said, OK, we'll send you another one. Well, the very next day, I received the package. It had a bunch of labels on it, like it had to be rerouted. I could have called American Eagle and say, never mind. But hey, who doesn't want two pairs of Birkenstocks and two bikinis? I ended up giving one of the bikinis to a friend. And after two weeks of wearing the Birkenstocks, I got very high on marijuana at the beach and left them there. But guess what? I had a backup. I still don't feel bad about it. Enjoy those candles. It's like one candle. (laughs) All the best, Haley. Jen, when I was in college, I accidentally stole a case of water from Walmart. It was on the rack below the cart. A familiar tale I'm hearing now. And I forgot to show them or lift it up to scan. That is there. They're supposed to look. I used to be a cashier. That's on them. Once I got out to the car and realized what happened, I initially felt guilt, followed quickly by, who cares, it's Walmart. I tried it one more time after that, but the cashier noticed. I got a real Jen Kirkman type in that cashier, didn't you? And I just faked obliviousness. I never did it again. And the only thing I feel bad about now is buying cases of plastic water bottles. See, that is true. That is the worst crime here. Uh, I don't see any harm in what you do with the candles, especially considering most of them were broken. I think lying to Lily Tomlin is way worse than lying to Target. Smiley face, laughter All the best, Michelle Michelle is right A few episodes ago I talked about Lying to Lily Tomlin's face At a party And she's right It's way fucking worse That is some bad karma Jen, I recently started Listening to your podcast Welcome ooh, ooh. And I love your Netflix specials I don't know if this is If this can hold a candle To your story huh? But here it goes Last year I ordered some vitamins From Amazon But the package Was nowhere to be found I don't know why I just said it like that. I checked the mailbox, the front door area, and looked out the window to check if it was somehow mistakenly delivered to the side door that no one uses. I didn't bother going to the extreme effort of actually going outside through that jammed door since it's hardly ever used and doesn't look like an actual entrance. After my almost exhaustive search, I contacted Amazon and put on my best Karen voice to demand a refund, even though they claim on the website that they do not refund for lost packages. I succeeded got the refund, and enjoyed my victory for a few days until my husband found the package jammed against the side of the house by the side door where it wasn't visible from the window. Oops! My husband was annoyed and insisted that I should contact Amazon to report my error, thinking that otherwise we would somehow end up on a list of people not to deliver to. As an immigrant, he feels like he has to be extra law-abiding or risk outsized penalties. But as an American, I decided to stick it to the man and keep the package without paying for it. Take that, Bezos. For the next couple of months, I savored my ill-gotten vitamins, although they were probably ruined by sitting out in the heat and sun for several days. Cheers. I'm not going to say your name because I don't want your husband, who is an immigrant, to be put on some list. You never know who's listening. (laughs) Jen, this is from Steph. Craft Superstore trip at Christmas a while ago before we checked our accounts frequently. I bought a $7 plastic hook. I picked up a $250 custom frame order. Next day, returned the hook and only the hook. No trickery or confusion involved. I guess the cashier forgot to put down the bong and refunded the whole order. Unbeknownst to me. Discovered it a month later when I checked my accounts online. Not gonna lie, pure delight. Said nothing. Money was tight. Not my fault. I didn't short the cashier where she'd be in trouble. I tried to reverse my karma a little and made a charitable donation to something. But I would do it again. She puts a little devil face. Your freebie was reasonable payback for stupidity and time suck. Fuck only single spacing after periods. Hashtag Gen X Nation, And listening to you doing my nubs. Which, um, oh, that's right. Steph has written to me about this before. I don't know if I ever said it on the podcast. Nagging unfinished business. Nubs. Jen, fellow Massachusettsian, Massachusettsite here, I think you just say mass hole, my friend. I, for one, do not think you should be feel bad about the candles and the lie. Yes, it was kind of dishonest. Listen, fools, as I told you, I ain't feeling bad. That was the whole point in the story. But if they packed the candles the way they should have been packed and cared about the product someone bought with their hard-earned money, you wouldn't have been put in that situation. My wife and I have a small business, and when we ship products that are glass, and that's pretty often, we bubble wrap. Pack the box with the packing peanuts and secure everything so it does not shake. On that exceedingly rare occasion that something does break, we send them a replacement along with something extra for their trouble. So look at it this way. The unbroken candle is a gift from Target for your trouble. Light it, let it crackle, and enjoy the guilt-free candle goodness that awaits. Now, for my dishonest part, this isn't recent as you would ask for. Oh, I don't care. Anytime, people. But uh, what stands out in my mind the most, back in the day, my friends and I would go to the movies frequently and we didn't have much money. We'd get there early enough to plan out what movies we wanted to see and synchronize the times of those movies so that when one ended, we'd go to the theater of the next one and so on. Yep, we movie hopped. We weren't dumb kids either. We were crafty and daring adults. Years later, I told my dad about it, and he was fascinated and shocked by this. Being a bit devious himself, he began to do it, too. I don't feel the least bit bad about having movie hopped. I hope your day is great. Andrew, you can read my name on air. You know, I wouldn't have been allowed to do that because my it would have been like, wait, what do you mean you're gone for four hours? The movie was two hours. Like my parents wouldn't even minded the stealing part, just like they had to have their eyes on me at all times. Very strict. Jen, I left the name off this one. Whenever I use self-checkout, I generally snag a Kit Kat or a chapstick without paying. I figure it's my payment for doing the work of a cashier. I'll also steal the 10-cent plastic grocery bags whenever I forget my tote bags. If you grab them at the start of shopping, no one is the wiser. Woo! That's it from my thieving, thieving listeners. And if any of you aren't Patreon subscribers, well, now I know why. You're trying to find a way to steal it. Listen, everybody, this episode, this week's bonus episode is available to everyone at the $5 level and up. It's audio only on Patreon. And I'm going to be talking about two comedy scandals. Michael Che making his Simone Biles jokes, deleting his Instagram. And Joe Rogan says gays and trans want to cancel people. I'll be talking about that only. My hot takes on these two dorks. Patreon first week of August bonus episode. That will drop sometime after, um, probably around uh, Thursday, August 5th. So there you go. Thanks for listening to the show. Please give it a five-star review. Even if you don't write anything, just give it five stars. Help me get more eyes on this podcast. And if you hate the show, just walk away quietly. Don't try to ruin my life over here. <laughs> Until next week, have fun! Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented...